Welcome to the Glee Man's Apprentice, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am your Glee Man, Twish Avery. And I am his apprentice, Mandy Cat. Cat has already read the first four books of the series, there are always potential spoilers up through the Shadow Rising. And after that, I'll be reading the rest of the books for the very first time with my Glee Man, Twitch. Welcome back to another episode of the Glee Man's Apprentice. This is the third episode of season two. Woo-hoo. Wow. And I, of course, am your Glee Man Twitch Avery. And I'm his apprentice, Mandy Cat. And today we're going to do three more chapters. Chapter five, Among the Wise Ones. Chapter six, Gateways. And chapter seven, A Departure. Yes. So this is kind of like... Our wrap up in Ruidian. Yeah. Yep. Phase. Gonna wrap it up. Before we move on to another POV. So, um, but before we do that, how was your week? Uh, it was good. I I did get to cities despite their snowstorm. Yeah. I did had that to... pretty brutal. Oh, it was very brutal. I actually I had to delay till the next morning, which was a good thing. Seventeen inches at my friend's house. Jesus. With blowing. <laughs> So anyway, made it for a short visit, but got some baby stuff. She shops the affluent neighborhoods down there for cheap and got nice. a very nice crib mattress for 10 bucks that was originally nice. 200 bucks. Yeah. So stuff like that and yeah. just to it's see good. friends. It was really nice. It's good to take advantage of those affluent neighborhoods sometimes. <laughs> hey, they help <laughs> us out. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Thank you, affluent yes. people. Hell yes. <clears throat> How was yeah. your weekend? Uh, it was good. Um, I uh, Actually, today is Dylan's birthday. All right. Um, but she is out of town for work today, so her parents came up yesterday. Okay. And uh, we had birthday pie and got a Christmas tree because that's the other... Uh, that's like a tradition in Dylan's yeah. family. They were never allowed to get a Christmas tree until Dylan's birthday, which is the 13th of December. Oh, but since she wasn't going to be in town, she so. she made an exception that we could get it one day early. So yeah, they came up, we got a Christmas tree, decorated it, and just had a very pleasant day. Okay, and, uh, good. And yeah, um, it sounds like you weren't able to watch 
No. Uh, episode six. I had yet. no time this weekend. And I have actually only been able to watch it once, which I by this time I've usually watched them at least twice, right. if not five times. So, so uh, we won't talk about uh, we won't do our fuck Mary kills for uh, episode six this week, which is not a big deal. We'll just rush through this. So let's go ahead. Um, chapter six gateways. Let's. Uh, How about chapter five among so, the wise Yes, ones? sorry, I was reading <laughs> wrong. Okay. So, chapter five is Egwene's point of view, and my first note just says boo, because I just <laughs> still don't like her that much. Yeah, and this one... Uh, it's fine. Okay, yeah. it starts out with some RJ humor. That This is what I noted. Egwene is cold in her tent and so jealous that Rand probably has a real bed and hot water and maidens to do all his bedding and such. It's the exact opposite of what Rand was thinking in the previous chapter. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny. And yep. we learn um, the wise ones are on the edge of town because Bear chooses to follow tradition and not live in town. So they're still in their tents. They actually did not move. These wise ones, I mean. Other clans might have a wise ones that chose to live well, in yeah. the city. But these particular Bear, Amos, Mulane, Aguin, and Avia. Well, and, and, and I mean, let's, let's, call out, let's call out the person who's responsible for that because... Both she thinks both Amis and Mulane were totally cool with the idea of going to Rudy and living in the city, but Bear was like, "Nope, nope, yeah. that's Holy Land. We're not going in there." And tradition, you, you weren't yep tradition. You weren't gonna you weren't gonna uh, change Bear's point of view. Yeah, she is a surly old Betty. She gets to be. She's old. Um, we meet Kawinda the Gaishin, who's fetching Aguin for Sauna time. And Aguin must accept the wise one's bidding to go to Sauna or forget her dream walker lessons because it is a you do what they tell you to do. Which we've noticed. She bitches about it a lot. I even kind of comment at one point, like, gosh, she is so full of herself being Aes Sedai and she's yeah. not even full-fledged. Yeah. Anywho, Aguin chooses to ask Kawinda some questions. And all Kawinda responds is, I am Gaishin. I thought this was a bit suspicious. I didn't write down all the questions. So It was more just, number one, we got a name of a Gaishin, and I feel like that's going to be important. Number two, maybe this was a bit more unusual from Egwene's interactions with previous. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So she asks, uh, what is your Septon clan? And uh, she just... And and which is a question that you don't even have to ask Guy Shine. They're usually willing to they usually tell their Septon clan right away and she was just like, I am Guy Shine. I serve the wise one Mulane of the Gerard Sept of the Goshen Aiel. And she keeps trying to figure out like, Well, when is your uh year and a day up and you can go back? And she's like, I am Guy Shine. He's like, but when will you be able to return to your sept to your own hold? I am Guy Shine. Yeah. If the answer displeases Punish me, but I can give no other. And so, did you get what was going on? No. So, we've heard about the bleakness, right? Uh, from the... Oh, it's, that's that's the period like of time where... Or yeah, where the Aiel will, like, throw down their spears and just run. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, uh, apparently, there is a large number of Gaishain who... Their form of the bleakness is, well, we came from 
basically Guy Shine originally, so I I'm already here. I'm just gonna stay Guy oh, Shine. Oh, it's safer. Okay. Yeah. So so. So she might be in her own bleakness. Yeah. Ex exactly. So when she says I am Guy Shine, I'm not taking off the white. She's basically committed herself to being Guy Shine for the rest of her okay. life. That's her form of the bleakness. That's many of the Guy Shine's form Got of it. bleakness. Okay, so it's spreading. Yeah, and I it's pissing off the wise ones. Also noticed Eguine had some interesting thoughts about receiving a flower from Avienda, and I thought to myself, hmm, I bet those are the flowers Rand had picked for Avienda. Not that Eguine is aware, because, you know, it was one of those moments Avienda seemed almost embarrassed after yep. Eguine caught her with this flower, so... yep. Yep, exactly. So she, so she's giving Egwene the stuff, the like yeah. the flowers that Rand yeah. has been giving her. And Egwene doesn't have no idea why. She's just like, oh, a friend flower. It's kind of cute. Okay, so Egwene joins their sweat tent, and Bear comments on her tardiness. Avienda's already tending to the rocks and water. We get this moment that we'll be drawn into later, but Egwene has some jealousy about being compared to Avienda all the time because Avienda is pretty much perfect. Even though she doesn't want to be there, everything she does is great. Yeah. Yep. Even tending the rocks and water. They're always talking about what a great pupil, how subservient, how quick to do her chores Avienda yes. is. Yep. So, and there's also a note where Egwene is reflecting about her own power because she's really powerful and no one is realizing she really, really wants to learn. And, and it's almost that scenario a lot of us know of, of the smart kid in class keeps getting in trouble yeah. because they're too smart and squirrely, it, but yep. it's actually they're not stimulated enough. So it's, it's, it's like she's recognizing it for herself. Uh, yeah, she, she thinks to herself, she's like, you push yourself too hard. But, I mean, that's just the way she is. That's the way she always has been. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, she is, she, her knowledge of the one power is a lot further ahead than it normally would be for a normal Aes Sedai because of the time that she spent as a demone yeah. with the Sianchen and, and they kind of forced her to learn and, and push her power. So, so yeah, she's, she's pushing herself, but that's just kind of who she is. True. But that is not who the wise ones are. It is that you will learn when we're ready to teach you. Okay. Amos tells Moraine, who's already present, about the white power having no power over the Aiel at this time. So clearly Moraine's been... They're having an argument. Uh, They're having a discussion. <laughs> Was it about the Turan girls and Aran girl? Or, I guess, no, no. It's, or, a, it's, it's about Rand taking Rand. the Aiel yeah. Over the waist, and she's like, "You must not," or over That's the right. over the this dragon. This is wall. a big conversation. And, and they're like, "She's like, you must not let that happen that, because, okay. I mean, the the yep, yeah, you the... you go on, you go on." Um, wanna... First, um, Egwene is still in her thoughts that um, just about the Aiel being hesitant because Moraine's been so excited since she found out some can channel. So, Moraine, you know, yeah. still reflecting. Yeah. Then, <laughs> Moraine is even threatened with bitter tea. Um, and that must have been a threat from the, the wise ones. Like, if you're going to act this way, here's your bitter tea. Yeah. Um, which I guess, Egwene, I'm pretty sure she had a distinct memory of said bitter tea. It's pretty nasty. So, this is where I described it. Okay, so Moraine is worried about another Aiel war and or Randall Thor um, that... All the other nations could turn against Rand if he's sided with the Aiel. Yep. 
Um, and basically this is where they're like, get the fuck out. And she, she acquiesces like it was her own idea. Okay. Okay. So we skipped over a lot of that. So I'm just going to touch on a couple points. Go for it. So, uh, Moraine is basically saying like, if you go over, they're going to turn against Rand because the, the memory of the Aiel war is still really fresh. It was only 20 years ago. Right. And, um, and then she points out, we turned you back. The nations joined together and we turned you back. And the wise ones were like, bitch, that was only four clans. And we're not going to ravage them if they submit to us in the Dragon Reborn. And Moraine's like, this is a horrible plan. We're not, you know, that they will not accept your, you know, your leadership at all. So there's a lot of contention. Um going on there. Uh, one thing that Egwene thinks about is how she was really worried for the wise ones when they very first found out that they could channel because she knew that the White Tower was going to try to yeah. like start bringing them to the White Tower and train them for themselves. And now at this point, having spent so much time with the wise ones, she's like, actually, that's probably not going to happen. It's like Bear could humble Swan Sanche, you know? Yes. The most stubborn person she's ever known, Bear could could humble her down. So it's, 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 it's an interesting view, you know, how she's gotten to know this culture well enough to be like, okay, these guys aren't, I don't need to feel sorry for them. I don't need to be worried about them. They're going to be able to take care of themselves. All right. So, so, so that was the whole Moraine thing. Yep. Yes, it was very much about Moraine trying to control what Rand's doing by going through the Aiel or the Wise Winds. And I mean, she's she's looking out for him. She doesn't want to make she doesn't want him making huge mistakes, which yeah. are going to make the world less likely to accept him, right? Because he needs to bind the nations together. Yep. He needs them all on his side, not just the Aiel or not just the Wedlanders. Right. Even though I'd still argue prophecy, it'll just happen. But I can see where in the moment you think you have to make it happen. But. Oh, yeah. I mean, All right. We are humans. We need to control things. So there's a moment where the wise ones are ready for tea. And it turns out Avienda forgot to make it. Shit. Missed perfection. She must be really distracted. So, again, we're still in Aguin's thoughts. So in the meantime, the wise ones chat with Aguin while Avienda runs out to make tea. Melaine seems to have a hard-on for Bale. <laughs> like, Mick thinks she really likes him. Bale, yeah. Bale, yep. the clan chief. But she's still pissed about Rand breaking the Aiel. So. Yes, yes. she's She has very conflicted feelings towards the Dragon Reborn. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on is that Egwene had noticed stripes on Avienda's back. Mm -hmm. And then when Avienda left, she took that opportunity to ask the wise ones what she had done wrong, why she got striped. And Bear was like, she came to me and said that she had lied twice to someone today and demanded uh, her toe be met, you know, um, her obligation be met. And so I gave her a couple of wel extra welts for bothering me with it, you know, like, yeah. so, and, and that's, that's kind of important to, to, to point but, out that, that Avianda yeah. lied twice today. Yeah. And back to Malayne, um, Eguine still noted, because Malayne's so pissed that Rand is going to break them and they'll be destroyed. 
Melaine's being protective, really. But Egwene's just like, it'll be reconciled. And this is where I'm like, I totally agree. I just don't think this is a literal, every single Aiel is going to die. So much is likely something a bit more philosophical. So I did want to slip that in there. Yeah. I do agree with Egwene. Not that the wise ones agree with her. (laughs) They're like, shut up. To be fair, the prophecies say a fraction of a fraction will will be saved of the Aiel. Yeah, the prophecies of the Ru- of Ruidian means that. So, but the, but that they're freaking out about it. A fraction, I'm, I'm a fraction. It's very small. Saved from maybe they're just saved from like I don't know spam mail. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Avienda returns and they ask her to begin sleeping in Rand's chambers. Immediate protest from Avienda and Egwene's like, <gasps> that's Scandalous. improper. Scandalous. You know, Avienda's just whining. She didn't want to see him and Asendra doing it when she's in his chambers. And I'm like, is that why you're so preoccupied? Do you think Rand and Asendra are making out? Yeah. Doing the ugly. Bumping uglies. It's like, she really thinks Rand is cheating on Elaine. Anyway. This is where it's like, or is Avienda really developing her own feelings toward him? Okay. Which is even worse because I'm like, at the very least, though, everything Rand's done to her has been by accident. Yeah. And, and his thought, his feelings could be changing, too, but it's just funny because I'm like, he didn't know what any of this shit yeah. meant. Yep, he yep. He thought you were pissed and was just trying to make a friend. Yep. So, anyway, she doesn't win this battle. Doesn't appear the wise ones will eat. Also, they're not going to say why they want her to sleep in his chambers. And yeah, that's interesting. They- I don't think we get it either. No, no, they just, they, well, I mean, they, they, I, you know, I don't know. I think maybe they're hoping that he'll like reveal something in his sleep. I don't know. Or I don't if know. it's safety, like protect him. Possibly. Freaking Ascendia. Um, there was an interesting quote. I thought Amos was a total therapist. Um, <laughs> I am glad, Amos said dryly. To see you no longer hold your emotions so tightly, Avienda. Maidens are as foolish as men when it comes to that. I remember it well, and it embarrasses me still. <laughs> Letting emotions go clouds judgment for a moment, but holding them in clouds it always. Just be sure you do not release them too often, or when it is best to keep control of them. And I'm like, oh, I could probably make a meme out of that for a therapy Instagram. That's, yeah. that's great. Yep, she's there you go. She's not wrong. No, she's not. That's great advice. It's very mindful advice, <clears throat> even though she says it more in, of course, in the ideal shaming way. <laughs> Thank you, Amos. Hell yes. And then we do get confirmation. Melaine does want to marry Bael. And then she's asking Amos and Bear for their help approaching his wife, Dorinda. To be for permission to be sister wives, what a joyous occasion! It's just funny because it's yes. like I'm not going to Bael. I need to go to his wife. Yes, and get her permission. That's 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 the custom. You yeah. you you approach the, the potential wife. sister wife, yeah. right? And it was it was a sweet moment. It was like they're all suddenly sixteen year old girls giggling together, just like oh, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, we got your back. Yeah, at first they were totally giving her shit. Yeah, and then as soon as she asked them as near sisters. To go uh, approach yeah, it's cute. Dorindra for her. Then that's when, you know, all the chiding aside and they were like, oh, yeah. congratulations, we're so happy for you. Let's go do I'm, She's going to say yes. Yeah, the yeah, they, they, they just took it for granted that Dorindra was going to accept, you know. That's interesting. So. Okay. So Avienda and Aguina are left to care for the tent. Avienda asks 
if sister wives are a thing for wetlanders and Egwene is like, only in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. That's my heritage we're and talking about right Idaho, there. <laughs> but she doesn't actually want to offend Avian and she says, well, maybe, if, I don't know, if two friends are close enough, super missing the point that, yes, Avianda's pretty crazy over Rand. Yeah. And clearly we, they have this assumption that Elaine and Rand are a thing. You know what I mean? They were for three days. I mean, three days is a long time. Right? So. <laughs> I fall in love 20 times in three days. I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but they go outside, and the wise ones, it's probably Bear, I can't remember which one, but was basically like, as for being late, I want you two to run 50 laps around the camp while naked. Yep, you were late. took their clothes. You forgot the fucking tea. Go run. Yeah, and for being obstinate, I wrote, so. Yeah, <laughs> they were just, basically. They, and there's more conversation about Rand and Elaine, conversation about Honor, Egwene just saying, I don't understand Jito. Yet she's willingly following through with all 50 laps naked, despite zero people watching them. And I'm like, Egwene, you're doing... Well, I, yeah, and that's what Avianna says. She's like, you say you don't understand it, but... You do it. You, okay. you, you, you have it. Yeah. You, 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 you might not understand it, you might not realize it, but you live by G-E-T-O just as much as we do. And that's pretty much where it ends, is they just yep. keep doing naked laps in the middle of the night around yep. camp. Um. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to highlight about the conversation about Rand or Elaine and Honor. No, I, well, I, okay, yes, a little bit. I do, I, I know we shit on Egwene quite a bit. Um, well, I do, you don't know. I love Egwene, but I know her complete story arc. At this point, I didn't love Egwene. Um, but uh, uh, she does, like... I'm proud of her at this point when Aviana's like, she's promised to your near sister Elaine. And she's like, I mean, not really. Oh, yeah. And she's like, but you told me that Elaine loves him and asked me to watch for him. And she's like, well, yeah, but it's still, he still has free will. You know what yes. I mean? So, and good for, good for Egwene yes. to being like, they're not betrothed. They're, they're not committed to each other. They made out for three days. You know, it's like, it, it, no, they're not really, it, he... I don't want Isendra coming to his tent and and fucking him every night, but <laughs> that's his. It's not it's not proper, and I'll judge him for it. But that's his yeah. life, you know. I mean, that's it, so so good for Egwene. That's just what I wanted that's to say. That's true. Good and for Egwene for having that. Was that where Avienda clarified? Okay, they're not really fucking, but you know, yeah. That's why is she still yeah. going? Yeah, he must be giving he, her. He must be uh, encouraging. Yes. Her. And no, he's not. She's trying to get out of a shitty situation and she thinks that she's able to fuck the Dragon Reborn. He'll protect her. So, or or maybe something else. Maybe something more ominous. I don't know. Alrighty. Okay, chapter six, Gateways. All right, in this one I noticed Land Fears Moon emoji at the beginning. Oh, it's so funny she the ones you notice. has become way more interesting of a character to me than in book two. Just want to yes, I mean, because it was actually exciting compared to like, oh shit, Aguin. Uh. No, I'm like, all right, Lenfear. So this is a great chapter. Rand awakens, and he smells something dark. And of course, I'm like, oh, and is he figuring out Lanfear when she spies on him? Something rancid. And then he just keeps thinking, it smells like it's been dead for a week. He puts on the void. He goes upstairs to the penthouse suite, which is just a giant space with several columns. 
and he's using Lan's advice in the moment to draw the enemy to him. Picking, pick, pick your instead battle. Instead of them. Pick your ground. Yep. Yeah. Taking yep. him in his room. And he's vaguely aware he's sword trained and the enemy is underestimating Rand. But guess what it is? It's dogs. Dark like, I can totally take care of dogs. Love Dark Hounds. Yeah. That's only three of them. So Rand uses his fire sword. It's a bloody mess. He cuts all three heads off in, like, one swipe. He's just like, wham, 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 <laughs> However. Yes. That bloody mess. This is such a classic cartoon moment. Reassembles to become the same three pony-sized It's like T-1000 from, from Terminator 2. Ah! So Rand draws an old memory of a weapon he once used, and boom. Bale Bale fired their ass. Yes. Yeah. So right and that That worked. They yeah. disintegrated. Yeah. <laughs> that worked. And then that's when Moraine enters scene, demanding to know, did they bite or slobber on you? Quickly learning, their bite is not healable, and the slobber does more of a slow motion kill. But the bite pretty much kills you Before almost immediately. Before icity can, yep. yeah. Yep. She's relieved enough he wasn't, and the mention his fortune. Well, good thing it was only three. Their packs are usually a little bit bigger. Then Rand runs. He's like, Pack? Obviously thinking of another target of Dark Hounds. We don't get to know right away who. Could, my first thought was just wise ones. Like, because we came from the Aguin chapter. Or, I was like, or, OMG. Or Aguin or Aviando. Yeah, or, because yes, that's he worried who we about love. them. So, no, no, no. He's worried about Matt. <laughs> and it's true. He enters Matt's, wherever Matt was staying or sleeping. With, he gets to uh, the hallway women. where Matt's room is. Yep. And he does hear a like from the closet he sees a closet being like scratched at by dark hounds and it's a door it's a door they're scratching at a door yeah well i assume it's a closet door but okay it's matt's room so anywho he does another tries to be a little more careful with wipe the bale fire but not not easily done however he does not destroy matt in the meantime so anyway rand opens the door the dogs have been chewing through and there's naked matt Except he has his foxhound medal on. Remember, the, the he fox got that from yep. the foxy people. Yep. And Matt's older friend Melendra is with them, politely wrapping her own naked body. Ooh, uh, Matt's Matt getting, getting some. It Matt's fucking. So Matt has a red mark on his arm. He itches, and I was just like, "Great, he got a scratch or something from the dark hound." Marine and Lan enter scene, and Matt finally remembers his nakiness. Rand's thinking, Rand's thinking about the medal, um, or the, the odd, medallion. Yeah, the medallion, odd for Matt's dislike of Aes Sedai because you know it just reminds him. Well, it has the symbol of the Aes Sedai yeah. and the eye. And Matt hates Aes Sedai. And he so hates Aes Sedai. Rand's just that's that's Rand sitting there just like, that's weird. You hate Aes Sedai and you're wearing that. <laughs> okay, then of course I oh, paid a heavy price for it. There's a comment. He was fortunate to be getting. Matt was fortunate. He says he was getting a swig of wine when the door first opened. So his luck is still working. He randomly was thirsty. Yeah. Yep. Saw the dark hounds creeping in. Otherwise, he'd so be dead. So he was able to hold the door. Yep. Yeah. And he mutters about the dog slobbering on him. And this is when Moraine pounces on Matt. Um, and, you know, he's, like, trying to finish getting his pants up. But he's. it seems like the healing wasn't immediate. And my first thought was that medallion. And... Anyway, it does get immediately confirmed. Like, like, there's this weird moment. You can read it if you want. But basically, he has to take off the medallion himself. 
And then Moraine is able to heal him. But she sees yep. it and gives quite the funny look. Yep. So so she tries to heal him. And then he says, he grabs the medallion and looks at it. It's like, bloody thing, it's colder than ice all of a sudden. What are you doing, Moraine? If you want to do something, heal this itch. It is my whole arm now. <laughs> and uh, and so she says, I mean, she kind of looks at him startled a little bit. But she uh, she says, I will. If the medallion is cold, take it off. He frowned at her, and then finally he pulled it over his head and laid it beside him. So then she was able to heal him. Yes. So it, was, it seemed like Maureen even recognized it for what it was, or maybe she felt something, or maybe it was just a surprise that her healing did not take. Yeah. But her, then she can put two and two Rand, together. She's smart. Rand, well, Rand seemed to think that uh, either she wasn't able to channel or she wasn't able to channel on Matt because of that medallion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's like, oh, I wonder what that is. But he knows where he got it. And we know where he got well, it. Well, yes, but yeah. but more importantly, Rand, oh, Rand knows he's the Matt only one yeah. who knows where Matt got it and what the price that Matt paid was. He doesn't yeah. know the information that Matt got, but he... Right, and he, we know the information was to be done with that bloody Aes Sedai. Yes, so, so what do you think... So now we can finally that, connect, it keeps him from their power. So you think that the Matt medallion... Blocks. It's like blocks a, the power. Like a, yeah. it's like a force field. Can't touch like me. yep, yep. As long now, as you're. Is it only it's like female the, Aes Sedai or is it male Aes Sedai? I don't and does it know. include Forsaken or are they too far gone? To, you know, oh. we got questions. Oh. Okay, okay, good. I love it. So at this point, you know, Marine just rolls her eyes at Matt. Whatever, you'll get better. And then she insists, Rand, I need a solo audience, and she gives a really sincere apology and says she will not manipulate them. Yes. Do you want an oath not to try manipulating you? I give it. I even swear to obey you like one of the maidens, like one of the guys shine, if you require. But you must, I ask you, humbly, to allow me to help you. Yeah, and, and, and yep. he does accept it. Yep. And he also apologizes in his own way. Um, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I've been a little... Aggressive. I apologize yes. for all the rudeness I've shown, basically, is what he says. Yeah. But... Yeah, go There's ahead. a quick lesson on Balefire. So this is really interesting. We haven't gotten this. We know it's uh, like it, it's it's a forbidden weapon, right? Okay. But now we learn why. It not only it it, it erases the object entirely in up to moments, hours, days before. So it's super dangerous. As in, when Ran entered scene, there was a scratch going through the door, and Matt remembered getting slobbered on through the door. When Rand erased said animal with balefire, there was it, no longer a hole in the It door. sealed up the hole, but because the drool it, had still happened. Correct. Like, and the drool just happened. enough. But that's not my point. My point is the dog that the drool happened before um, balefire. No, well Sorry. clearly bail okay. So balefire can erase days and years and whatever. Rand could have only done it up to a certain point, um, not before the drool happened. So the drool had already happened maybe when he was shutting the door. But if the scratch was now gone, that erased everything that happened since that scratch happened. Yeah. Through the door, I mean. not. So I think Matt's impression was it went through the door, but it couldn't have. Well, he... Moraine's point is, no, you're erasing time. Yes, yes, so yes, yes. And Matt's like... The the mind plays bloody tricks on you. I swear, <laughs> I swear, one of the hounds had gotten through and it yes. drooled all over my arm. Yeah. So anyway. So, yes. Yeah. So anyways, yes. But Moraine's more worried. Like my, I, I get what you're trying to say, but it can't. Per Moraine, 
you're risking people disappearing basically because things didn't happen. It's the butterfly effect, but that extreme. If you take out one thing, what things have you altered? Yes. So really interesting. It is really dangerous is what we learned. The greater the power of the bale fire, the further back in time it ceases to exist. The strongest I can man manage will remove a few seconds from the pattern. You are much stronger. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're exactly right. The further, like, the, the more powerful. The, yep. And then this is where Rand insists again, hey, Matt earned his box medallion, and I will wear it myself if you, you know, stay, if you try to do anything about it. Stay so, away yeah. from, like, let him keep it. And she's like, it must be taken to the yeah. tower and studied. And he's like, nope, and that was it. part of her promise was to go Gaishin for him, like, if that's what it needs like, she will obey. Yeah. And there were moments, like, you know, he was like, I'm done with you now. And she had, she did, though. She left, and Lan looked surprised, you know. Yeah. He's not happy with this turn of events. No, but Moraine had to do what she had to do. And, I mean, just saying, it's the first time Rand apologized ever to her. Exactly. So, so at this point, uh, I'm going to jump. Rand decides, I want to go back to my rooms. I don't want to go through people. So, he uses skimming which is the whole open the portal to the, to the yep. dark place where whatever he saw as modian do the first time and then he just stand on a disc and he goes directly to his room um and that's easiest for him because he knows where he's going it's like the type of thing that if you can picture where exactly where you're going you can skim there's something else that maybe you need more details and he's not as confident even though Asmodian's like, no, really, it's like teletransportation, just do it. But yes. So, so so Rand's learning, but he, oh, he knows his limits. So there's something apparently called traveling. Yeah. But it requires you to have where you're starting from completely memorized, like down to the okay, tiniest that's the detail. Detailed one. So you don't have to know the place With where skinny. you're going as okay. well, but you have to know where you are, like down to the tiniest detail. Um, yeah, I feel that's to do just it. like Harry so, Potter stuff. So skimming's a lot easier. So, but he does it, and he gets to his rooms. The wards are still in place, Asmodian is inside, because that's what Rand was freaking out about. Yep. And there are paw prints of dark hounds outside. However, Rand is unsure, were they checking on him? Were they gonna approach him? You know, it's like... It seems like they were checking. She? Yeah, it seems like they were checking. So Rand returns inside his own room, and then he has... I think it's inside his room. I don't know if it's a special closet or another special porter, but he checks on the male and female tarangriel of the man and woman holding spheres, right? Yeah. They're still there. It's like a wardrobe. And I don't blame I him for checking. I would also be checking on the bad guy and this stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. These are things that he needs to make sure. However, here's where Landfear pops in, sneaking up on him and glimpsing them also and getting pretty excited, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there's this moment you'll have to read it but Rand is in total lose Baron mode for a moment and Lanfear's all about it you're always ambitious me Aaron why do you think I turned away from you it wasn't Ilyana, Ilyana whatever you like to think you were out of my heart long before I ever met her ambition is all there is to you power is all you ever wanted you disgust me she just stares at him. Oh, Luz Theron? I love you, Luz Theron. I have always loved you, and I always will. You know that. You must! And that's when he's like, 
nope, I'm Al Thor. I'm Randall Thor. Fuck off. <laughs> Yep, yep. He's he's pretty shaken with that. He's like, holy shit, what did I just say? What just happened? Yeah, it was, that was pretty intense. So what do you think is going on? Do you think loops that uh, are starting to creep in? Yeah. Yeah, it seems like the old memories are coming back. Because she keeps asking him, Asmodian has asked him. Or maybe Asmodian will ask him in the next chapter. I might have just messed that no, up. No, Asmodian is already asking him. Like, how, how much do you Rand remember? insisted, yeah. I know nothing. And yep. now it's like, mm, buddy... But it seems like things are just kind of creeping in without his yeah. even realizing. Because Matt had to call him lose in the last yep. episode. We yep. talked about that. And I, yep. Yes, I do think lose is creeping in. And it's almost like as Rand is becoming more powerful and embracing this tactive thinking, tactile thinking. Right? Because his tact... tact Am I even using... I don't know. I'm not an okay. army person. No, no, you're fine. Uh, his tactics? Tactic thinking. <laughs> His tactical of using other people, it almost yes. seems like, oh, maybe this is where that is related to lose more than a farm boy, and which would make sense. He's a farm boy. He's only had so much time. Exactly. He can only read so much. So, so yeah, I think it's been creeping in slowly but surely, and now, I mean, he literally called her by her name. And that also gives us a clue. Oh, so Lanfear was not Lanfear when she met Lou. She was probably still. She was Mirren. Yes. Mirren. Yeah. We oh. do. We do know that when the the Forsaken, you know, swore their new oaths to the Dark One, they took on new names. Oh, okay. And and, and so none of them, none of the names you learn in at this time were their original names. And most of their original names, most people don't, like, have been lost to history. Most people don't have records of right. what, what their actual However, names However, that's are. why Asmodian tells to go by Natal, just in case. Just in case somebody remembers. Just in case. So, anyway, Lanfear is this moment of, well, I can break your damn dream wards if I want to. You're not gonna like it. So she's, she's Dreams so threatening Dreams are mine. Me. Yeah, she's... She's a crazy, jealous ex-girlfriend. She's... But I do think it's concerning she knows the Tarangriel are unbroken. Yes. Now she caught a glimpse. He was hoping she hadn't, but she had. She was yep. like, I saw two of them. she was so excited. Yep. She's like, with those we could rule the world. Um, she also lets Rand know it was Ravine who sent the Dark Hounds. And, yeah. And confirms he's in control of your Queen Morgays. Yes. Okay. So he finally gets the details we knew, but he didn't. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't seem like much happened after that between the two of them, unless you wanted to highlight. No, no, that's pretty much it. Just for the highlight purposes, because then Anila enters Rand's room. So Anila was one of the maidens, right? And she's supposedly worried Asandra had returned and kind of worried we didn't see you come in, Rand. And basically like, you got to go meet up with the clan chiefs now, Rand. Yep. Like kind of. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's been kind of a. Weird night. morning, yeah, or weird night, yep. Um, and this is where he learns Shido are headed towards um, the gap to leave, right? The Shido are leaving. Yep, the Shido are moving. They're heading towards so, the Tarwin or towards uh, Tarwin's Gap. No, it, they're they're heading towards uh, the uh, uh, Jengai Pass. Oh, okay. Which is basically like the, the like one of the usable passes uh, over the... Because there's a big... There's a really big mountain range yeah. that basically divides the Aiel Waste. 
and it goes basically from all the way to the north down to the yes. southern to ocean. To me, they're the Ural Mountains. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. so, so he is... Which means I consider most of Asia the blight or the yeah, waste. The waste. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. mean. So, uh, Jungai Pass is the, oh, probably okay. the closest pass over... The spine of the world, or oh, it's also okay. it's also known so as the Dragon Wall. So they're ready Wall. to go into town, as in the rest of the world that's afraid of Ayil. Yes. And that's interesting. They're ready. Then to... we assume Kuladin's with them, possibly still claiming to be dragon. Yes, he's still leading them. He's still claiming, they're... and they and they believe that he's the Dragon Reborn. Just yes. so dumb. I'm like, there were enough clues, guys. Get with it. It's the the Shido are idiots. <laughs> and some people have joined them. This is yeah. a bunch of asshats. Yeah. I have a name for them in our culture, but I'm not allowed to say it. So <laughs> too political. Yeah. All right. So I don't think there's anything else I'd highlight from that chapter, but it was very uh, fun and adventurous. So basically, the the clan chiefs let him know that um, not only are the Shido moving, the rain, the Miyagoma, oh! the Shiande, every clan no! is moving. And he's like, are they joining Culloden or me? And... Uh, doesn't look good. They're, you know, as for the, like, the Shido are moving towards the Jungai Pass, as we already discussed. For the others, it is too early to tell, but they are on the march with every spear not needed to defend the holds, herds, and flocks. Okay. So now we've got all 12 seps, or sorry, all 12 clans heading towards Jungai Pass, which means basically all Ayo of the Ayo two. warriors. All right. Heading. Oh, these are the ones that are going to die. Bye-bye, Shido. We're just left with a fraction that includes no Shido. Okay. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they're not the fraction of the fraction that's saved. Well, that's true, too. But they're not a fraction. They're big, so they can all die. Okay, cool. Chapter cool, 7. Cool. A departure. This one's a short and sweet. A departure. Short and sweet. I have a lot of notes. Um, I like those called... A departure. So it's very like, okay, that's one departure. Who else is departing? All right, still a Gwen's perspective. She's riding horse and sleepy, but actually she also has this like, I'm super happy because I had so much success at meeting Amos in her dreams. We didn't chat about this last time, but one of her goals is to start encountering other people's dreams. Yes. But very dangerous to go inside. Yes, so they're not letting her go into Telenor and Riyadh, but they are allowing her to try and find people's dreams. It's yes. a different skill. It's, it's like what not the wise ones as... did to Brand. Yes, yes, exactly. You can you can look into other people's dreams. And you can even enter them. But when you enter them, you're at their their mercy, basically. I did go ahead and detail some of this because I thought she was super judgmental as she thought about the men who had had sex dreams. She had veered away from the dreams of Malayne, glimpsing her breastfeeding a baby, which back to, you know, she's in love with Bael, yeah. so apparently she does want kids. She also had dreams of Bear that she didn't enter because they would know right away. But and Bear was in her younger days with one of her um, dead husbands. Yeah. Which was uh, just sweet. Yep. So she saw it didn't go. She was unable to enter Rand's fortress of dreams despite working on it like a badger. And I was like, haha, badger reference again. Yeah, it always just goes like back to the badger. Easing the badger. Always easing the badger. Davy and the badger. Um, and then I was wondering, is that the equivalent of a beaver up here where Bemidji beaver is right at the university? Probably. And it's like yeah. busy as a beaver or something. Yeah. Like busy as a badger, I guess it was. Sure. 
And then even she even dreamed of Is- or didn't dream. She saw Isandra's dreams that were like marked with torture. So I was like, hmm. So is Isandra authentic dark friend or is this You're one of those compelled, forced, huh? which is horrible too? I don't too. know. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. She stared away from. Like she she peeked into Kadir's dreams and was disgusted. Well, yeah, because of sex, and which again, I'm just like quit being judgmental. Well, she said they were when they weren't lewd, they were pretty dark and disturbing. Oh, which makes sense because we know he's dark, friends, yes, but she doesn't. Okay. Um, Egwene sees Randall fancy with a dragon belt buckle and thinks him so arrogant. And again, R.J. humor readers know Aviana made Avianda. it for him. There's obviously <laughs> not a lot of communication between Aviana and Egwene about you know. Then he gets. Egwene sees Matt and is judgmental about his dreams because they were... Well, she doesn't say why. She was just immediately... Uh, I knew very much what he was dreaming about and then he was with that older women. Much, very improper. It's oh, like, my God. excuse you. Okay. She's at least 10 years older I'm than sorry. us. Like, Not your... Why? Who I, cares? I, I, 30 year old women can have 20-year-old boyfriends. There's nothing wrong with that. And <laughs> dreams are out of your fucking control. So. Yes, as long well, as it's consensual. There's nothing wrong with it. But, I mean, your dream is your dream. <laughs> but your dream That's is what your dream. I'm saying. Well, Even I was if just you saying, yeah. dreamed of rape, actually, that was, you were dreaming it. Like, it wasn't. And you didn't commit the rape, right? Correct. It, it, and, yeah, and this yeah. is an important or distinction, like if you dream, actually, yeah. for people who struggle, like, are triggered, trying to work on themselves. Yeah. Dreams are out of your control. Yeah. Um. So judgmentally green. I don't like it. Although... Yes, this is where Kadir's dreams were worse than Matt's, but still, that's where I was like, a dream is a dream, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely get clues, though, if that's what Kadir is dreaming about. Not that she would put it together. I don't blame her for that. People who dream of raping and killing people probably aren't great people. I mean, this is, no, I, I, you're but, being No, I, I know, I'm sorry. I'm okay, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. I have right. a dream because I saw it in a movie. Okay. So, don't be judgmental like I'm, queen. I'm, Okay. Egwene is concerned be for her Egwene. bestie Avienda as she watches Avienda absently twirling her ivory bracelet. We know Rand got it for her. And Egwene then remembers Avienda's dream, which again, I'm like, you're so invasive, brat. But Rand, a giant version of Rand, was chasing Avienda in her dream and gaining, um, I don't know, gaining distance. So Egwene almost has some shame for spying on her friend, but then she really doesn't because she doesn't think it was really spying. And I'm like, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, it was that that yeah. I can see where, like, if you're that Rand, the point of watching Rand's dreams seemed to make sense, especially because we know Lanfear was entering them as Morgan was entering them. You're just doing it to practice. Which, fine, you were given permission, but it's still spying. Well, you you're were judging given, them. You were given permission to try it on, like, Amis. they, Amis. That's right, because she, yeah. she was supposed to be. And, and, mm. and she's, she, they've had her try it on the other wives once. They are encouraging her to find other people's dreams. Because apparently, it's, you have yes. to hone a skill in order to, like, to like pick out other yeah. people's dreams, right? And we have learned, once you're in the dream... It's you, their dream. It's their and dream. Harm you. And so, yeah, you, they, so you can lose control very easily. Yes. It is something she needs to practice. Yes. Yeah. And Egwene does know better than to bring up any specifics to Avienda. Friend or foe, Avienda would beat her the hell up. Yep. <laughs> and apparently, Avienda gifted Egwene some pretty jewelry. Um, and I was like, oh, Egwene must be a person that Avienda loves because Rand was a person Avienda hated. Yes. And that's my assumption. It was the same set of jewelry from old weapons. And Egwene 
gifted Avienda back a necklace of snowflakes. Interestingly, bought from Kadir. But the point was Avienda had never seen snowflakes and they're going to start yeah. journeying um, east. Well, remember that's the necklace that Rand was jealous of. And this is the same necklace Rand <coughs> had been jealous of when he saw Avienda had received a gift. So RJ humor again. Okay, so Matt makes a comment about Moraine doing everything Rand is saying. You know, he says jump, she hops, whatever. And this shocks Egwene. And this is where she's so conceited as a pretend Aes Sedai because she's like, Aes Sedai bowed to no one. Why would Moraine do that? Yeah. Oh, you well, conceited brat. Okay. Do you have the conversation with Matt? Uh, no, you can go into it. Well, Matt just comes up to her and he's just like, dude, I can't believe this. Like, he's basically... Telling Moraine he's what to do. He's mocking it a bit. And, and she's... Well, he's he's in shock. Because he knows Moraine well enough at this point to know that she would not put up with this unless something's going on, right? Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, that's just... That's, that's all I had to say about that was... Rand was just... Or Matt was just, like, uh, amused. I shall say, so. And then... It just kind of keeps flowing. At this point... Um, the Isle asks Rand why he talks like he'll never return. So so basically, again, they're all prepping to leave. So we when the chest started, Egwene was on her horse. So she was, you know, sleeping from all this. But they're they're actually getting ready with, with the peddlers to yep. start moving out, moving the Tehran girl back to Tarvalon, essentially. Yep. yep. So the Aeol asks Rand, you act like you'll never return. And he does the typical, oh, the wheel weaves as the wheel wheels crap. Yep. And then he gives them a gift to remember him by. Aguina observes him touching his pocket, and we know it's the tiny little Buddha sword, man, Tarangra. Yep. And then the water begins flowing from all of the fountains all over the city. It astounds the Aiel. You know, excessive water just to be pretty. And Yeah, um, I mean, it's in the ground, though, so... But Aguina also has to have this moment. She's, like, grasping Rand can channel. And she grew up learning that is just one step below the dark one. So she's trying to grasp, like, it's okay. It's okay, right? Yeah. And she also hears, I thought it was kind of sweet. She hears him mutter, not for anyone, but she just overheard him, like, I should have done that sooner. Yeah. So he didn't, which is kind of cute that he's like, I should have gifted them this anyway. Well, and there there are still things that he forgets that he can do. You know, he's learning so fast, he's also forgetting, you know, he's not thinking about things. He's putting, you know, he's... compartmentalizing all of his knowledge and it's sometimes cute. he yeah. loses a file for a second. But then, yeah, again, Egwene really, you know, it's hard for her. And it's, she grew up in a prejudiced community. You're asking her to yes. take in all this knowledge, even though she's getting her knowledge that Aes Sedai aren't bad, she still can't grasp that male Aes Sedai aren't necessarily bad. And it is the taint, but that's not yeah. Anne's fucking fault, but is it? That's not just the village she grew up. That's the world. Yeah. Everybody, like, and, and there's a reason for it. Men go crazy and they break shit. <laughs> and they don't want another True. breaking of the world. So it's it's understandable, yeah. But, but yeah, it's there's a lot of stigma around male channelers. And, and they've earned it, unfortunately. Then we do get a point of view change to Moraine. She's watching the procession begin to move. And Lan is concerned, commenting, you are getting worried and making hasty decisions. Indicating, basically, is there a possibility Tarman Gaiden is here? Um, this, and she's like, the man misses nothing. He could see a leaf drop behind him. Um, and then she, yeah, she's like out of her reverie and like, time to go. But yep. uh, that was 
Lan's a smart fella. Yes, he is. But yeah, um, kind of an interesting ending for Marine just to be like zoning out because of every, everything that's been going well, on. Well, I mean, she's thinking about, because she's looking at the, at the rings that she went through in uh, Ruidian yeah, and thinking yeah. about I did her it. journey going through and um, it's, it's basically a retelling of what is going to happen, like many possibilities of your life. Um, and so she kind of has an idea of where her life is steering and she's, she's consumed by that. Right. And she's trying to figure shit out and she's thinking about her bond with Lan and she's thinking about how she needs to do whatever it takes to guide Rand. And, you know, I mean, she's got a lot of shit on her back right now. So I get it. I get it. And I'm sure this doesn't follow the plan she had. And it could be another emphasis on she's thinking this is Aiel War 2, right? Yeah. World War 2, Aiel War 2. Yeah. So so it's being confirmed now that they're leaving. Like, yep. (laughs) It's It's, happening. It's tough times ahead. That's for sure. But that's all I got for the highlights of these few chapters. Anything else you want to make sure we highlight? Honestly, no. I think we covered all of the points I had. Um, Do you have any predictions of what's going to move forward with this group? I haven't thought about it, so you just asked me out of the blue. Um, (laughs) Sorry. No, it's good. It's good for me to actually think about it. Doesn't seem like it's going to be a straightforward trip to Tarvalon. Number one, they're dark friends, and at some point this is going to erupt in Rand's face. Okay. It doesn't mean it'll be harsh on Rand or Natal, but it does mean something's going to happen. How long do dark friends just, like, do this long, perilous journey through the blight? Or this is the waste. Through the waste when there's Trollocs out and about, and maybe they're in control of some of the Trolloc attacks. I no, have no idea. Maybe. Um, so, some I feel like they're not going to make it to Tarvalon, but also obvious reasons. They're going to figure out that Tarvalon is in a civil war, you know, before they get there, so, which is good because I don't want either Red Aja or Black Aja because I do believe there's Black Aja at the tower. Oh yeah, getting um any of those Tarangriel or Sarangriel. Oh yeah, no, no, we don't so, want that to happen at so all. So I don't have specifics beyond it's not going to be good. So if we look at the map, and I know the lighting in here is not great right now. So here's the spine of the world, or yeah. the and. The mountains. <laughs> Um, and I think the Jungai Pass is right about here. The first country that we get to... Kyrian. Is Kyrian. They're, so they're going to have to go through Kyrian to get to Tarvalin. And we do know that uh, Kuladin is ahead of them and heading straight that way. So do you think there's going to be some shit going down in Kyrian? Maybe? Of course. <laughs> and it's Marine's hometown. So. Yes. Yes. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I didn't even really think critically about how Kuladin must be claiming to be Dragon. And it's really going to put so much, what do you call, there's a, a wrench in it. It's going to put a wrench in Rand's plans. Because yes. now he has to prove that Kuladin isn't Dragon, I'm Dragon. And people are already going to be pissed about Kuladin being Dragon. <sighs> there's going to be a lot. Is I don't the... think they're going to get to Tarvalon, let me put it that okay. way. Okay. Cool. I think this that'll be someone else's story, not yep. theirs. Okay, makes sense. All right. Fuck Mary Kill. Um, is Fuck there anything? Mary okay, let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Fuck Rand because his actions, Dark Hound Knight, were perfect. Yep. Yep. I mean, he he's getting a little like I'm so good. That was a little annoying, he did but a little not cocky. wrong. Yep. 
He was really thinking they underestimated me. And then it was like, oh shit, the little bloody messes became these pony dogs again. Yeah. But he did it and he saved Matt. Now, is he getting is he getting cocky or is he getting confident? Or is he becoming loose there in Telemon? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. It wasn't cocky enough for me to hate him, so it must be confidence. Cool. Um, and Lan encouraged some of that and he followed Lan. So, therefore, if you follow Lan, you must be a great. There you go. I'll actually marry Moraine because to see her finally go humble. And, you know, I'm pissed at Egwene for being so conceited. But clearly we're not highlighting that Moraine has held that conceit forever as well. Yeah. And now Moraine is finally at wit's end and wisely saying it isn't working. I have to let it go and be Gaishin for Rand. Yep. She has to humble herself. It's not perfect, but it is working. Yeah. Yeah. And then this will surprise zero listeners, but I am killing a gween. Just. <laughs> I purposely didn't it, put her on my kill list because yeah, I knew you would take her. Just too much in these chapters. So that, those would be mine. Okay, cool. I, um, I didn't really think about it, but I can put this together real fast. I'm going to... Uh, There's a few options for fucking Mary. Yeah. I didn't yeah. necessarily highlight everyone, so that's where it gets tough. You got to think through... I uh, yeah no I'm gonna fuck Avienda. Okay okay. I think she's a badass. Make she's it. a little misguided, but she's a badass. I'm going to marry Melaine. Oh. She's just adorable. Even though I probably would divorce her very quickly because I think she'd drive me crazy because she's. I I married a very low key mellow person because that's <laughs> I I I can't take a, over controlling people. And, uh, men or women, but she uh, was cutesy in this not, yeah. chapter. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah. She was, yes. you got to see that softer yes, side. Yes, yes, yes. She, she was. She showed her vulnerable side. Yes. She's very sweet. Yay! And I'm gonna it, it, easy, easy, easy kill. I'm gonna kill Kadir, just because yeah, I, the dreams he was having, which yeah. could have been and dreams of torturing Asandra too. We yep. actually don't know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. All right. Um, I think that's all we have this week. Like I said, uh, uh, Mandy Cat hasn't had an opportunity to see the latest episode of the TV show, so we're not going to talk about that at all. No, we'll do it another time. So until next time, folks, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Glee Man's Apprentice. The Glee Man's Apprentice is available on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast. Breaker, and Radio Public. Our theme song is written by Twitch Avery and performed by Andrew Bard of Time.